while Mike is away, Zach will play. What we have here is a fortune cookie from the Chinese place near me called New China 2. God, I love the smell of a fortune cookie. They all smell the same, but, you know, it's just special. All right, here's the moment. Let's see, what's my fortune? A man's best possession is a sympathetic wife. Well, that's dog shit. Fuck off. <laughs> Incredible. My fortunes have been so good lately, and then you get you get that piece of dog shit just streaming right out of your cookie. Hello, and welcome to Loud Friends. My name is Zach. I am joined, as always, by Mike Egan. Mike, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Feeling loud tonight, Zach. <laughs> yeah, feeling loud. Uh, Let's get this pod rolling. Boisterous? Is it boisterous or boisterous? It's boisterous. It could be boisterous, though, because this is an audio medium. Boisterous does make a lot of sense. I was like, oh, maybe it's a boisterous <laughs> and then boisterous when you're just feeling like really boyish, like very yeah. like extra boy. Yeah, yeah. We can say that. That can be our definition. Okay. <laughs> it's 2021. You can have your own truths. It, it, truly. So what's been going on? What's uh, how, you, how you been? I've been good. I've really just been working. Um, this new freelance project has me very busy. And so I feel like I was, I opened up this Google Doc that we share for possible topics to, topics to talk about. And I was like racking my brain trying to remember what has happened in the has it been two weeks since we recorded or just one week? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember. Well, it's it's probably been about a week and a yeah, and and, and so on. Um It doesn't th- matter to the people listening. Yeah, certainly. Um I I feel you, because I you know, I've been busy wrapping up the last few things with the apartment. I just had to like kind of reflect a little bit and just be like, okay, I'm sure things happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that always happens to me when i'm trying to whenever anyone asks me about myself in any respect whenever someone asks like what has happened to you in the past week my brain goes blank and it's also it's the same exact thing as like when someone asks me what i want for my birthday i'll be like i don't know i don't think i want things (laughs) yeah right i don't know i don't think i've done anything last week so i yeah i managed to get some things down there's there's at least one thing um it could be interesting, but real quick, we said last episode that we would revisit my feelings on Final Fantasy VII. I have not played Final Fantasy VII since we last recorded. Hey, that's okay. Good on you for remembering that because uh, I did not. So, oh, excellent. Well, <laughs> we can I, at least and I edited the damn thing. So <laughs> you heard it twice. Yeah. Well, we can at least call back to it and tell the people. I don't really have anything new to say about that game. It's coming. It's fine. I haven't, the, the, I haven't the, stopped playing it for any specific reason. It's just other things. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, up, you're so. you're you're a busy boy now. It's um, fine. How's uh, how's the apartment? Um, it's really coming together. Honestly, I'm I'm feeling very very good about it. Um, uh, it's you know it's got its quirks. It's a little fun housey in certain spots. There are some creaky yeah. floors here and there. 
I am somehow still without screens after like three weeks of telling them about this. And the last update I got is that, oh yeah, they're building, like they're working on them. So like they're building them separate. And I'm just like, well, (laughs) what? Okay. Like, I I guess I get it. Cause like the, the guy came in and he was like, he was taking measurements of the frames. I'm like, okay, well they probably have like some guys, like maybe it's like a custom gig. Like I get it. How long does it take to put together like seven frames? (laughs) Yeah. How custom can a window screen be? Yeah, that also, because like, (laughs) I don't know. There's only so many sizes of window, right? I don't know. I would imagine so. Like, there's nothing that screams vintage to me about like the dimensions of these particular windows, right? We're we're working with the rectangles here. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't some like gilded Rococo window that you've got going on. Not exactly. Not to take away from how nice the apartment is, but it is not that. Well, <laughs> sure. Um, we were supposed to record yesterday, and then I had uh, I had to do some desk surgery. <laughs> yes. Tell me about your surgery. So, okay. Um, I don't know if I alluded to this. Hold on. Anyways, sorry. My whoops. My office is the is Becca's pass through shortcut to the kitchen. And uh, oh. so I'm just I'm just operating a free toll booth over here, uh, <laughs> a quick little super highway to get to the kitchen. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so my office is uh, it's on a slant. If as you as you start walking further towards the back of it, there is more of a tilt. Um. And so this makes desk positioning a little bit tricky. And so what I ended up getting are these handy little uh, kind of like adjustable feet that you can install on furniture. And so there's, oh, sure. there's two parts of that. You know, there's the actual, um, the foot itself with like the, uh, the the threaded part that actually like you adjust. But then there's the mm-hmm. metal part piece that you like install into the furniture so you can easily like swivel in, swivel out kind of thing. Um, it wasn't until, so, so I got these like yesterday. I started, I was excited. because like, okay, cool. I can finally like set my desk up and not feel like, kind of insane because I, I had said it up previously. I'm just like, something doesn't feel right about this. Like I know this desk, it doesn't feel comfortable. It's like if you, uh, it's like if you put on like shoes that you had worn for two months and you got them broken in and you know, they're like good, reliable, comfy and you put them on one day and you're just like, these feel bad. It's like that same, yeah. like that's the closest thing I can think to of what, uh, what it was like because you know, you, mm. I'm going to be doing a lot of work here and it's, you know, my, my little, my little station. So I want to be as comfortable yeah. as possible. So I was eager to install these and I got them installed on one side of the desk. Um, I did, you know, unplug my computer, take down all my stuff just to, you know, get these rolling. And then I go to the other side of the desk and I realize, oh, this wood is way too thin and is not going to work for, <laughs> for these threaded things. So I just sat there feeling very oh. stupid for a second. I started looking on Amazon. It doesn't look like they come in like any thinner or smaller, which is what I would huh. mean. And then I just went, well... There's a gap in the desk here, and feasibly, I could just screw some wood into that and then use that to like be the anchor point of the feet. Mm. And so, uh, so I went to Home Depot and I found a, a two by three. And uh, now, what was what was a little bit hard is that uh, they don't sell wood in small bite sized pieces. There, they sell them in you know, it's a it's two by three by eight feet. <laughs> wood sized yeah wood sized so in order to get onto the uh under the bus with uh my 
pieces of wood. I had to go oh. to, I, I went to an employer. He's like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta take the bus with this. Is there like a saw that's oper- operable here? And there's like, Oh yeah, there's a handsaw. Like if you go to this aisle and take a left. So back in a little nook. Uh, so anyways, I had, I had a fun, fun little <laughs> flashbacks to, uh, to Homer Glenn's, uh, woodworking classes. Yeah. In, oh my God. Uh, over at, uh, was it Hadley? Was Hadley the junior high over there or something? Uh, I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Or was was, was that one like, of them. Yeah. Anyways. So anyways, long story short, I was. <laughs> Good God. I came back. Um, Becca took one look into my uh, my uh, office while I was gone and just saw the desk on its side. Shit sprawled all over. Because I had to take all the stuff out of the desk and put it on the floor. It just looked like a nightmare. Oh, yeah. And so they had texted me like hey, what are you doing and what's going on with your office? And then they saw a sticky note I put like outside of their uh, their office that just said, went to Home Depot, and they went, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, they just knew. It's like, okay, you're, you're, in some sh- you're on some shit. And you're, yep. <laughs> yeah. I will um, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then the other part of this is that, so there's the, you get the tools to do the leveling, but then how do you figure out if the thing is level? I know what you're saying. You use a level. Mm-hmm. I don't think my level's good. I like I've I've tried to like ver- <laughs> I think I've got a slightly busted level because I've like I've flipped it here and there and it'll get different readings based on how I flip it like beforehand so I think it might be shit. And so how mm. else do you measure if a surface is level? Will you order um the metal mouse trap marbles from like the the board game <laughs> and then you put that on a piece of glass and whichever direction the marbles go that's the way you have to adjust so logically yeah anyways long story short not really that short i guess um i installed the feet <laughs> on the desk it's level now um i feel less insane because i feel comfortable at my desk now so that's a that's a huge win for for me um that's good as long as you don't feel insane not in this regard. <laughs> um, I was gonna say you could like you could like put a pencil on the desk or a marker and let that roll. No, 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 no. They're not heavy enough. They ain't heavy enough. I tried it. I tried it with a marker. Okay. Like like one of those heavy ass like Crayola markers, like a highlighter, like a big fat highlighter. Not heavy enough. Well, maybe a highlighter would have worked actually. But I did try to do this with a a big fat sharpie and it wasn't rolling so mm, okay and well now you got yourself some mousetrap marbles i do have some metal mousetrap marbles and i can tell everyone exactly how level a surface is as a That's fun excellent. cool parlor trick you know yeah. people 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 are going to be reintegrating it post covid after they're getting their vaccines and stuff you got to have some fun yeah. parlor tricks to pull out at the bar absolutely so that'll absolutely. that'll be mine <laughs> People will be mesmerized by that after not having interact with, with a person for. Hey, look at this guy! <laughs> <laughs> look at Level yeah, Wizard on. over here. <laughs> oh, Level Wizard! Well, thanks for the tale, Level Wizard. Yeah, absolutely. So, if anyone needs to level some things out, give me a call. <laughs> That's PO Box. We should have a PO Box so that people can. I guess so we can so we can of... waste money every month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Fun. You want to throw some <laughs> throw some cash away? How much is We're a not... PO box? I have no idea. I didn't even know it cost money. I don't think. Does it? But logically, that makes sense. I think it would. I uh, I I I know uh, about floors being uneven. This is I mean this is a very old 
apartment itself. Um, but there is uh, one particular area that springs to mind in our new bedroom right up against the uh, outer wall of the building. Um, this is why I know about the highlighter test is we were putting a bookshelf against that wall and I forgot that um, I, I was reminded, I should say, of the reason why my sister has to have two massive cardboard shims underneath the front two legs of her dresser, which is it's like oddly sloped up towards the wall. Oh, yeah. So as you push the thing back, it's like coming forward at you. So either it will kill you in the night or you have to put something underneath it. So. A- absolutely. I've got this uh, this absolutely huge nightmare of an armoire that I am like dragging with me everywhere because I got it because one yeah. lady like the apartment of the person who I took over uh the previous owner or renter rather uh moved to Arizona and just left it and initially oh, sure. I was like mm, I don't know if I want this and they just like stayed there and I realized it's really nice to have a storage yeah um that thing thankfully does have adjustable feet on it though but i'm very familiar with just being like just kind of you know moving it into a new space pushing it as it's positioned against a wall and just being like "Mm, will this kill me (laughs) and then uh, if the answer is yes or maybe adjust the feet flip a coin Mm -hmm. apartment adventures well i'm glad things are getting settled for you yeah, it's uh things are things are winding down. Those uh the to do lists are getting uh less frequent. So that's um, good. yeah. After after that's settled, it'll kind of be like hunting on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace just for the last few pieces of furniture that we need. Um, I don't think that'll take terribly long. But um, uh, and also we have to we have to put up like the common space art as well, which will be a fun little uh-huh. just figure out where that lives. Um, yeah. Anyways, enough about me. Um, what else is going on with you? So I I used to love coffee. Mm-hmm. And then uh, something, something shifted in my life and in my body. And uh, sometime after I, I graduated college, what it is, what happened is that I uh, couldn't find work for a very long time and became depressed and developed anxiety. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, um, I can't drink coffee because the caffeine just sets me off and uh, makes me feel absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same with with um, any alcohol. It's That's one of the reasons I don't drink is like, even if I have like a hard cider, it no, I just get all shaky and it's it's a bad time. It just sets my anxiety off. That's wild. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I looked it up and that's a thing. So shit, hooray for me and my body. But recently, I have felt coffee's siren call mm-hmm. pulling on my heart, and this is due to two things. First of all, um, Lauren drinks a cup of coffee every morning, um, so she makes it smell like coffee in here every day, which is not a bad thing. It's a fantastic smell. She's got, um, we, we bought a, uh, a magic bullet, a little blender, so she has a way to grind beans now, so she buys whole beans. So she does that. I bought her um, an AeroPress like a year or two ago for an occasion, um, so she's got her whole deal. And then recently, the second thing that that really pushed me over the edge into maybe I try doing this again is we found a man on YouTube. Uh, his name is James Hoffman. 
he is a world champion barista. Oh, okay. And he makes incredible videos about coffee. I found him on a complete fluke on Twitter as he was making a video about the AeroPress. Uh, and so I asked Lauren, like, hey, do you want to watch this guy? Because I watch it. He was great. And so now we're both like really into this weird British coffee guy. And he has a great voice. The production quality on his videos is so solid. And it just makes drinking coffee feel, first of all, really enticing. But second of all, like this beautiful little club that I would just love to be a part of again. Uh, and so I'm coming back and I'm trying decaf. And I think that that is okay. They say that that even decaf still has a little bit of caffeine in mm. it. So I drink so little caffeine at this point in my life. Like I don't even drink uh, uh, soda anymore. That any little bit, I'm going to feel it. Yeah. So um, I like I, I had a cup of coffee um, like Friday night and then saturday afternoon and i think the like proximity of those two cups being so close together i kind of felt a little jittery so i'm like figuring it out but i really 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 want to like have that ritual again of like making a cup of coffee it just feels very good and it's it's an extremely pleasurable experience you know I, I absolutely understand the 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 temptation to like get back into the club as you say because there's i mean I don't know if there's any more of like a a calming, cozy smell than like just a morning coffee. Honestly, yeah. it, it it is a just a a fantastic aroma. Uh, I think I think we're kind of in the same uh, we're we're in the same boat in a way. I think uh, I I cannot have coffee at all, um, and I've I've tried going decaf, and I think there might just be something inherent to coffee that my body at this point is just not cool with. Um, oh. you know, it could be because, um, before I remember I was, I was, I was drinking a huge volume of coffee in college, but like that was when I had discovered, um, how good like freshly ground whole bean coffee is. Yeah. Uh, cause I had my own grinder then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a flip of the coin as to whether or not I would, just get the full on like sweat zooms or it would be like yeah a a nervous breakdown essentially (laughs) yeah and it wasn't it wasn't a copious amount of it it was just like one one solid cup of it could really just send me um and so after not doing that for a while i chilled out and it turns out (laughs) pretty important for my overall well-being um yeah so i'm i'm not completely completely caffeine free at this point i do um i've got a specific uh black tea that i will have every morning um as a, as ah, a nice little okay. treat um yeah. and i find that that like overall like caffeine arc is so much more relaxed than like your your standard cup of coffee but gets you like roughly the same kind of level of satisfaction because i like i'm a monster and i let that shit steep for at least 10 minutes just to get the oh yeah because you know then you throw a little bit of honey a little bit of milk in there and you're kind of getting close to that like bittersweet you know hot um Mm -hmm. blend of of what coffee is so uh 
That's uh, that's really cool though. So so decaf seems at the moment to be working for you cautiously. I think so. I'm I I'm very cautious. Yeah, I uh, I don't have a first thing in the morning because I'm also not like a hot drinks person, really. Really. Um, but especially not in the morning. I can't I can't start my day with a hot drink because I I tend to be like really dry and I just want a cold glass of water first thing in the morning. How do you feel about cold brew? Uh, <laughs> not good. <laughs> really. I feel like coffee should be cold or uh, coffee should be hot. Coffee should not be cold. I feel like you're tempting fate in. So when do you, when's your usual like coffee hour then? I will have it like um, after lunch or after dinner. That is that is danger zone territory, sir. That is that is hard to sleep risk shit. Well, but see, well, that hasn't happened to me. So I think the decaf is like if you know what caffeine may be in there is like Uh cool for my body to sleep with. But also, I, I think like it also just. Uh, uh, like coffee dries you out as you drink it and so I oh, need sure. to like make sure that I keep up with ingesting water as I drink it it's it's <laughs> funny because you it's just like because I become a husk it, yeah, that's what it feels like yeah and for like the small amount of coffee that I'm drinking it feels like you can't handle this like I don't know the body is a weird thing but you need to sate its needs or it'll hurt you. How do you take your coffee, Mike? Black, just straight, straight black. God, I can't believe you people. I don't know, I don't know why you <laughs> yeah. do. I don't know why you do this to yourselves. Lauren can't do that either. It, she does. She does milk and sugar. I do too. And I, I don't even yeah. need. I don't need that much. But you just need. It, it's the same thing with tea too. Like it's not that you need like that much honey or that much milk, but like. If yeah. I don't have one or the other, the morning's fucked. Like I'm so upset. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, because like sugar just doesn't do the same thing as honey and tea and like mm-hmm. without the milk it's just the, the 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 bitter tinge of it is just too much to handle you know yeah i do also have a chamomile tea sitting right next to me and there's nothing in that either that that's understandable chamomile is Fair remarkably enough. light chamomile is such a lighter tea though as well though i i do admit that yeah. i'll put a little bit of honey and milk in that as well um when i have it yeah i could do honey i'm i guess i'm just not a big milk person generally i don't like putting milk in things do you not like milk at all is that just not actually if your... i if i drink milk on its own it hurts me are you what i'm like are you 25 of the way to being lactose intolerant i can still i like i can eat cheese no problem my sister can't eat cheese she crossed that threshold I can still eat cheese and it won't hurt me. But if I drink milk straight, it'll, yeah, it'll fuck me up. Jesus. What a, yeah. what a f- fragile, fragile bunch y'all are. Truly. <laughs> I mean, like, to be fair, like, I come from a family where, like, I'm not even kidding you. When, I mean, and we're talking a, a house of, like, a, a family of five here in the same house. Three gallons of milk in the fridge at the same time was not unheard of. Um, oh my god! So we just guzzled the shit. Apparently, that's wild. My dad was a huge milk drinker. Still, I think he still is actually a really big milk drinker. Um. Anyways, oh, speaking of my family though, I um I visited them over the weekend because uh last uh Sunday was uh, Mother's Day. Oh yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
did you i mean i I know that you live very very far away from your family but uh any any nice phone calls or exchanges cards sent gifts sent anything like that we had a video call yeah we had a uh let's see like a oh god how long is it two or three hour video call i think it was two hours my my parents always go long whenever we get on a video call with them oh sure um but yeah we uh my sister and i you know we sent a card and my uh my sister has gotten really into embroidery during quarantine oh, oh that's very so cool. she sent over a nice little like uh flowery uh embroidery uh in a hoop and everything so that was nice um i i completely forgot after the fact that it was mother's day and i also forgot before it was mother's day that mother's day was coming up mm-hmm. this always happens to me I don't know if it's the particular way that my family's occasions are spread out, but um, a lot of things are clustered in June and my dad's birthday is in April and there's nothing else before that besides me. And I don't have to worry about that because I'm me. (laughs) (laughs) But so I'll like, okay, you know, you get everything, everything for Christmas. Okay, great. Christmas is squared away. My dad's coming up. Okay. Coffee. Perfect. Done. And then I'll be like, okay, sweet. I'm scot-free until June. And then wham, Mother's Day pops up. So I didn't really get my mom anything for Mother's Day. But she's okay with that. Because first of all, I don't know if your mom is like this, but my mom doesn't want anything ever. I think my dad is like that. I think my... It's weird. My family is very materialistic much much yeah. more so than myself so like i think it is a the it's a thought that counts sort of sort of deal um uh-huh. but uh we, we always try and get our folks something like the, i don't know we we've always been very uh insistent on those days like in our family oh just yeah to, no you know, yeah, yeah, yeah do stuff for for each other there but um yeah i, I think i know the the vibe you're talking about yeah, like we we will still get her things, but she'll be mad about it. <laughs> That's funny. That that um, that matches the 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 little I remember of your personality of your mom. That that matches to a T. Like that's yeah. that's very funny. Yeah, that's that's her. Yeah. Um so uh you know, we've taken to buying her things if not out of love, then out of both love and spite. <laughs> and uh that dynamic works for our family you gotta have a good mixture you know you gotta you gotta um but yeah i was i was gonna say because we were we were looking for a day to um schedule just some game time outside of the pod and i was going to suggest that weekend and i'm really glad i didn't because mother's day and that whole weekend turned out to be extremely busy yeah, so that's why I, nothing happened. I I would have been out of town anyways for, for okay. That yeah, one. yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, God, yeah. Visit my folks. Um, I got my mom. I got, this is funny. I kind of um, it, usually I feel like I'm pretty on the up and up for for gift giving for my family. Like usually I'll try to find not like the perfect thing, but the thing that'll you know be good enough or try and be like really thoughtful about about what i'm getting which is hard because i don't live at that yeah. house anymore so like you're never right. really sure what your your family's into at any given time yeah yeah yeah. but usually i feel pretty solid about the gifts and this is maybe the first year where i uh i felt less 
solid about what I <laughs> what I ended up getting my mom. Um, I think just in comparison mm. to my brothers too, who are again living with her and and know uh, a little bit more about what her her tastes are and what she immediately needs. Um, but I ended up getting her, and this is kind of a continuation on a couple of other um, gifts I've gotten uh, her as well. My folks have been slowly and in just investing in more like farm animals more or less i mean oh yeah okay so they have six full-grown chickens right now that are laying they just grabbed six more that are like uh you know uh chicks uh, they're not quite chicks they're like a little bit bigger than chicks but you know they're they're not quite mm-hmm. ready to lay the full got, dozen yeah right my mom's got two ducks on the way there's been rumblings about potentially getting a goat or two and then I wow. think they also want to order bees at some point as well. So they're just going full like Indiana wow. homestead out there. Um, yeah, for real. Which I'm I, assuming they have the land for it. Oh yeah, they they really do. Yeah, they have, they have a good couple of acres out there. To, I'm still uh, imagining. I'm imagining the house of yours that I've been to. So oh like, yeah, can't fit all that. <laughs> that, that huh? No, certainly not. They. I mean, they probably have a. Uh, at the very least, like probably ten times the amount of land that that we, yeah. we, what we had in a, over in Lockport. Um, so, so I ended up getting her a book on goats that I think, in retrospect, might be more of a book geared towards like more industrial level, like farmer stuff. Where like, if you have some goats, you're gonna have like a dozen, 18, 20 something goats because like it gets into some really like gross detail about just like what you uh, do to handle them and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that was maybe a swing and a miss. The other book I got her was on ducks, which I'd forgotten. I'd already gotten her la- like at, during Christmas. So she opened it and went, I love you. You already got me this. I'm like, Oh, well, shit. <laughs> and then the other two, <laughs> that things, will happen. Yeah. The other two things I grabbed her are, um, do you know the, do you know the ice cream brand Jenny's? I don't know if that's something you're, yeah, yeah. That's, I, that sounds familiar. Yeah. That's uh very popular here in Chicago. It's just a very like almost borderline, like boutique sort of, uh, ice cream brand. Um, I will say though, some of the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. So I got her two pints of that. I was able to transport it um, by getting some like styrofoam coolers and loading those up with ice. And as my dad came and picked me up, just loading those into the car. Um, I forgot that because she had COVID in January, her taste is still fucked up. So she can't even, she can't even enjoy those anytime soon. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's slowly coming back, but I just thought it's like, wow, I just, uh, maybe not the strongest, uh, mother's day for me, but, uh, damn um that's wild is it still like totally gone or just like she says at this point it is day to day and it's certain certain stronger smells will will come out and certain like taste sensations are there but it's 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 up and down based on the day um that's so strange that was one of the strangest things to read about the whole the whole COVID experience. Yeah, people just losing their taste and smell for like months on end. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the other thing that I got uh that happened over that weekend was um never never put it past my own father to take advantage of a situation which I'm coming in to uh to go out for a round of golf. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I he called me a week beforehand. It was just like, hey, do you want to do a do a round? I'm just like, what? It's like of the golf. I was like, Oh sure. Okay. I mean, it's, it's not your weekend, but yeah, we can, we can fit in a quick yeah. nine or something. So me, him and my youngest brother went out to uh, a nice course. And this, this led me on to uh, something else I wanted to talk about. Um, 
I really do enjoy golf. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm logging on here to, to be a brief golf defender because I feel like Absolutely. It, is, it is, um, I think understandably like low key maligned by most of the people in my demographic and like most of the people that I know, like my friends, like there's, there's not really yeah. anybody that, uh, has warm associations towards the sport or the activity. Now, is this in a, uh, a spectator respect? Is this in an activity to play yourself? The latter, definitely, just in, in as an as an okay. activity, as just a, okay. a a way to to get out and to do something. Because um, I I can understand, I can totally understand the uh, the hate on like broadcasted golf like it is the nap channel like it's the it's for the people who want to like sort of want to keep up with the sport but also like maybe just take a half hour you know (laughs) i mean anytime we would go to our laundromat uh the uh the guy who 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 ran our our neighborhood laundromat would have the golf channel on and be very excited about it that rules so (laughs) you can get into it i guess i don't know when i come visit i want to uh (laughs) see if i can visit your your laundromat guy yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely um but yeah i think i i just i had some like thoughts swirling around just about like how i think that the sort of uh i think i think that it's easy for, for like folks to conflate what golf looks like in its presentation like at its highest level with like what it might actually mean to like go out and do it yourself i think because like i've i've I, I don't golf like super often but that's the thing that i always take my dad out for both his, uh his birthday and for father's day so at the very yeah. least i'm doing two rounds of golf a year and they're always like usually a very very good time um but um i think that there's this very like high polished big money crisp clean sort of idea of what golf is and then yeah. there's like actually going out and doing it. And what that boils down to more so when you're like, you know, at the level of paying $20, $30 per person for, for a round, uh, mm-hmm. it's so much scrappier and fun, I think. And, and much more like weirdly satisfying in like a nature like connection way, because like, honestly, it's kind of like a majority of what you're doing is you are basically taking a nice like hike kind of. Yeah. Um, and, and while the, the spaces aren't like exactly nature, they're very like, uh, they're, they're, I want to say like highly manicured because like I've, I've played on some courses that like you would, uh, yeah, sure. saying that there are fairways would be a generous take, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it, especially my, my dad, who's like, who still acts like half his age perpetually, like, you know, we've snuck countless beers onto carts and stuff from home. Um, we, yeah. but like, you know, we've smoked on courts and stuff. So like at a certain point, like your game kind of gets a little fuzzy because you're crossfaded with your dad at 11 AM, <laughs> like just, <laughs> you know, on, on a course. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I think they're like, have you ever like golf? Is that ever like anything that you've like tried at all? Uh, miniature but not full size i love miniature golf miniature golf is so love damn fun. Golf. yeah absolutely there's a great uh there's a great mini golf course at coney island if you can stand uh some uh go-kart oil fumes <laughs> i mean i don't understand the downside <laughs> it sounds okay. sounds lovely to well, me 
I'll add it to the list. We'll do it. My mom worked in an auto parts store when I was very young. And so I've got like a very nostalgic, like every now and again, I'll smell like a diesel engine and just be like, oh, that's those are yeah. some some good memories. <laughs> I have the same thing for for fuel smells. And I don't know why, like my my dad used to like change the oil on all of our cars himself. So maybe it's partly that and also motorsport. I don't know. It's just a good smell to me. I get it. I love the smell of like a garage. Oh, yeah. Oh, garage smells just great. Something about shit. Just like used like metal tools and just various like automotive liquids. It's such a it's a very as as someone who knows jack and shit about cars and like does not (laughs) have a huge interest in getting like into any of that. Beautiful, beautiful smellscape there. Great smell. Uh, But golf, though. Yeah. (laughs) Let's. Let's talk about the smells of golf. <laughs> um, Probably also very good. I mean, honestly, you're you're around nature, and like you know, if every now and again you're lucky enough to have the grass freshly cut. Sometimes the mowers are out there a couple holes ahead, just trying to get ahead of the uh, the crowds early in the morning. But um, it's a nice. uh, it's a really it's a nice activity, and I it's a ludicrously hard thing. Like the there, there are shortcomings of the sport for sure. Like it's hard to get into. It's hard to just be like kind of competent at sometimes. And if you go yeah. too slow, the people behind you get pissed at you. And so that's sure. like, that's, that's tough to work with. Um, and, uh, I, I, I can't fully, uh, defend necessarily kind of the, the socioeconomic, uh, strata that that sport prefers obviously that is also sure. not cool and also um they're they're not super environmentally great <laughs> um oh i would imagine yeah um but all all those things aside i think uh i don't know there's something it's just, just every now and again you get a really nice hit and like you know sometimes a, a hole is framed in a certain way where like you know the trees are a certain way or like you know, there's a particularly nice hole at a at a course, and you're just like, man, just being out here like this early, like around yeah, a bunch of birds and frogs and stuff, um, and your kooky fucking dad who's on his third beer at the fifth hole, uh, yeah, is a uh, is a really good time, and I, I hope it's something I just uh, kind of keep on doing because it's a it's a lot more scrappy at the uh, you know the amateur level, <laughs> and I I think right. that that's just very fun and ridiculous that sounds like a nice experience yeah and i it it seems like it would be very frustrating to try to get into like technically but i could absolutely see that like success at that uh uh, game being extremely satisfying it's it's super gratifying and you know me and my dad always have like it's not so much about how we do on the course it's always just like relative to each other. So he's, I've, yeah, I was okay. at a point a few years ago where I was like beating him sometimes, but now he's like just firmly got me. Like yeah. there's, there's no way I can, and it's always like pretty close, but, um, uh, and yeah, it, it is one of those sports too, where there's like, there's so much feel to it that it's really tough to, uh, talk someone through like having a decent round of golf like it it is just a lot of like you just have to have the muscle memory down of like what a swing is like that's it's yeah um well hey if if you know you're anyone listening uh has driving ranges near them that's a much less like a lower stress uh lower stakes version of you know
it's it's the equivalent of going to the batting cages right um, yeah 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 it's uh i again you know we talk about unique sports on this on this podcast it has a lot of unique elements going for it i feel like especially as a non-professional like just playing at a a local place like the element of having people queued up behind you and so there's that pressure of needing to keep moving forward i don't know it, it feels like anything else that you would go out and do wouldn't necessarily have that to that like literal physical degree of someone is or a group is is chasing you in like this competition of progress it'd be like the equivalent of like if i don't know like the dodgers were playing somebody and like other teams were waiting in the wings to like use the fields like hey come on come on guys come on pitch, <laughs> yeah. a, pitch a little better let's let's move it along <laughs> if there was only one baseball field in the in the country yeah, <laughs> yeah and everyone's in line to use it yeah um, everybody take your turn yeah yeah that's wild um, i don't know yeah and you know it's the nice thing that you can do as well is if you know that you're like just dog shit slow that day, you can let people go ahead of you. And usually that's, you know, if, if you, if you're playing with three or four and there's like a twosome behind you that you can tell that they're, you know, hitting much more yeah. consistently than you, you just let them go and you wait for a second. And it's usually really chill. Like it's, so it's not, yeah. it's not always this kind of like passive aggressive kind of like worrying sort of like, Oh, I got to make sure I hit my shots. Like there, there, there are ways to kind of subdue that a little bit. Yeah, as long as you're cool, just like just just be cool. Basically, yeah. Ever like everyone's, you know, if if you're if you're playing at the concourses, I'm playing that. Everyone's probably a little bit shit, and everyone gets it. Yeah, <laughs> like ever everyone knows how hard golf is. That yeah, that's for the best. We got Mario Golf coming up, by the way. I am. I can't begin to tell you how excited I am about the release. It's mid June. I think that's a month away. It's wow, it really is. June June feels is just perpetually felt like so far away since it was announced yeah. and now it's it's right around the corner. It's a coming. I will be talking about it plenty as uh as it as it drops. Yeah. So Well you'll have at least one other person to play with. Oh nice are you, you getting it? Very excited about it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Me and dude. Lauren both we saw that and we were like, that looks awesome. I there's something about golf that I don't know maybe I maybe I would try it after you talked it up like this just now but I think it is like you know the way that the professional broadcast is perceived is like sort of a sort of a sleepy time but golf video games have always looked and in my experience been extremely rad I mean you you know where I stand on this. I know I, I'm preaching I, the choir. Yeah, yeah I, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I really do love golf games. So I don't know. Do you think does your love of golf games then come from your real world love of golf? So or that's vice versa. So that's a good question. I think it might actually be vice versa because I remember ah. because I distinctly remember playing. It might have been like PJ Tour like '93 or something on the Sega with my dad when I was like a kiddo. So wow. like that technically came first, uh, and something I've learned as I've like been a little bit more retrospective about my life is that a lot of like weirdly a lot of the things I get into in real life physically stem from video games. Like the reason I started yeah. playing guitars because I like I got uh, 
Guitar Hero before anyone knew what it was and was just playing yeah. around with that. I played the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games a lot and started skating. Like so, yeah. I I don't know if I can draw a direct through line from that Sega game to me enjoying golf now because mm-hmm. like I also I don't know I also had like just like little you know as a as a kid you get little plastic versions of like sports equipment and like mm-hmm. plastic clubs and uh you know little plastic golf balls were definitely a thing we had when i was younger so like yeah. i don't know i was probably doing that simultaneously but um sure yeah the 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 interplay there of like i mean enjoying golf games is such a more like like finicky like it, it satisfies my like persnickiness about being very specific and accurate about like uh yeah of just being able to thread the needle of uh, setting up your conditions perfectly and then executing perfectly just to get exactly what you want. Like it's, it's, uh, God, I love golf games. <laughs> it's good shit. Yeah. Cause like they have their own feel too, because like they, they each have their own kind of like uh, made up physics engines. And, you know, after, right. After a little bit, you, you get a feel for like, like okay well this is sloping this way the wind is coming here you account for all these things after putting a couple hours into the game and then you just nail something perfectly and you just like feel like the hottest shit like yeah it's uh yeah golf games are special they're, they're really nice golf games are good um speaking of taking really good shots i hear you're you're getting your second shot soon oh yeah that's right uh shot number two is on saturday I'm hoping it's a hole in one because <laughs> I don't want to get stabbed a lot. Yeah, um, it suck if the, there were multiple strokes on that one. <laughs> this one's a par one, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure what to expect. My uh, my sister got her second shot. Oh, last week, last Thursday. And she had like a day of feeling kind of whatever Mm -hmm. and that was it um and that's pretty much what our experience was for shot number one so i'm i'm hopeful that that's all it is but nobody else that i've i've talked to has had anything like wildly extreme yeah i feel like i'm the only outlier for some reason like yeah um i i think you're the only person i've talked to who's gotten a fever on the second shot really i think so interesting well all right I don't know what it is about your your body and your juices, but my yeah, the only thing that like equivalent that has happened that I've heard of is that my buddy who um it was interesting. My my friend found out after the fact that they got COVID because they took like an antibody test for their friend. Like their, they had a friend that worked at Northwestern like medical and they sent them kind of like a a, a packet to like draw your own blood and like it was kind of a weird thing oh, where wow. you like you you colored in these circles like of on a piece of paper like with your blood after like pricking your thumb uh and they found out that they it's have like the, the scantron uh, from hell yeah right uh they found out that they have the covid antibodies like months after the fact and they were just like oh weird i don't know when that would have happened so their first wow. shot um it was kind of weird for them because it it like inflamed something in their back and they were just like couch ridden for the day. Like they were just getting spasms for, you know, for a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, afterwards they were were fine. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. 
like, I think they already had, like, probably a predisposed, like, problem with their back, but it just happened to, uh-huh. you know, whatever was going on, however their body was taking it, they, uh, yeah, it, it made that upset. Yeah. Maybe I'm, like, I, I don't know anything about, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I hope this isn't news to you. I, I'm also just a complete dumbass when it comes to, I guess, medicine and the human body, but... It, it feels like there have been so many things specifically related to COVID, and maybe it's just because that has been the news for a year, where it feels like, why does that happen related to COVID? That doesn't seem to be connected in, in any way, like the smell thing, or like all of the um, people who have recovered from having it have, like, I, I don't know the term for it, they, like some people become really paranoid for no reason. Like something happens in their brain. And oh, they, I didn't. Like, I didn't hear that. Really, there's all kinds of things that I keep reading about having COVID and not like to the vaccine, but like having the disease itself. But yeah, I, yeah, like like the, like the post illness side effects just being yeah, so yeah. varied. Yeah, but then like in this case, what what was it about having the antibodies, or or maybe that wasn't a factor at all? Like, I I don't know, there's there's just so much I don't know and understand about this shit. Um, A family friend's daughter, who is a nurse herself, um, got the first COVID shot, and then immediately went online and was like, hey, um, so has anyone else's tongue gone numb from the first shot? (laughs) You see, like, that's crazy. Yeah. I... I don't know. I don't know how medicine works. I'm just glad it does. Uh, it'll it'll be one conversation I think is worth having in the future. I think um, between us is I think that the um, what it feels like and what where like our priorities are in terms of like okay we're safe now. What is reentering the world feel like? Because mm-hmm. I'm like. Cause that's just like, I have a weird prospect to me right now where like, I haven't been doing so bad, not having contact with folks. Like it's, it's gotten to me more some days than others, but I also feel like I've built up these habits to like substitute that social element that probably haven't been very good. Like I find myself kind of needing a voice on when I'm doing very rudimentary things or like, you know, making my breakfast or doing some busy work around the house. Like if it's not a stream, it's a podcast or some YouTube video, not just, or or, yeah, just to have familiar voices or sounds on just to have something occupy that space. And so like, like that amongst a couple of other, um, you know, quirks or learned behaviors, uh, you know, what's going to change and kind of get replaced as we slowly start to figure out what being around friends is like again. (laughs) Going I know, to shows, yeah. going to bars, restaurants. Yeah, like I've been thinking about, okay, what is the threshold where I will go to a movie theater? Will I feel okay doing that? And when will that be? What are the conditions? Like we were just talking about um, having our friend Ollie over and how that's going to feel. And I, I don't know what that experience is going to feel like. Like it'll be fine and it'll be a good chill time. But like... The whole time, there will be this undercurrent of like, I don't know, bottled up pressure of like, hey, some weird shit happened for a year. 
Yeah. Everybody just lost that year. Yeah, right. Be- Beck and I were talking about this as well at some point because we were basically living when we were living apart, we were living in the same neighborhood and it like it just it took the experience of like having that neighborhood like as individuals like totally away. Um Yeah. Uh which is just it's it's hard to wrap the mind around, right? Like yeah. even even it now is. with cuz we're we're yeah, is we're we're coming out of like the tail end of it. It's still just like a remarkable thing to even try to uh wrap your head around yeah it 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 as you see things and and there are a, a number of reasons for this but as you see things like hopefully maybe ending and like i can't even bring myself to say that they are definitively ending uh it feels uncomfortable because for i mean first of all like an unsettling number of people aren't getting vaccinated and don't want to be vaccinated mm-hmm um but also like even outside of that i find myself thinking like if a if a job wanted me to come to an office like what would that feel like and like when am i going to be comfortable getting back on the subway and yeah it, it there, it's been a whole like we uh, my group like me me lauren and, and my sister have like started having like preliminary conversations about what each of us feels comfortable doing once we're all completely vaxxed and like what things we will feel comfortable doing at which points. And so, yeah, it's like, I was going to ask if you had started, like if anything had changed for you, like, have you started doing anything differently? Well, I I mean, I I feel like I've been, um, I've taken like measured risks prior to this. Certainly. Like I've got, friends who uh like both becca and i like i think the term is like we we potted with so which is to say that like there weren't really any other people that we were hanging out with outside of like those folks and if right okay you know and if we were heading anywhere where we knew that there were a risk we would let those people know um yeah uh you know i have i have ridden the subway for you know just various errands here and there and you know it's been mostly fairly empty as well so i i haven't Mm. felt too bad about a lot of these like little chance like exposures um i've hung out with a small group of friends out in their backyard um you know around a fire and stuff like that uh and and have also been you know visiting my family through this which you know there's some risk involved in that you know my my brothers go out out uh out of the house for work and stuff but you know also they're they're out in Indiana and it's not like Indiana doesn't have it, but you know, they're in a fairly remote spot. So right. There are these just like little, little social things that I could rely on to, I think like keep me sane a little bit or keep me a little bit like grounded, um, throughout, throughout this whole thing. So I'm not 100% like, I, I, I haven't been as like, uh, cloistered in, I suppose, uh, I, I can't, you know, I can't blame anyone for doing that, of course. Um, but uh, I, I think, I think it's going to be for me more so the the weirdness of um, going to a bar to watch football, which is like right around the corner and is like autumn church for me. You know, like it's right. it's just a it's it's a really uh, yeah. lovely experience. Uh, yeah, and going to shows as well. Like I, I, when when bands that I enjoy coming through, I always try to you know go and 
support them and you know watch whatever shows they're putting on like what what's that going to feel like and also um i think it's i think it's ultimately going to start feeling less weirder like i i'm i've got this idea in my head where i've got a late august birthday i think we're going to be able to do a party for that like that's that's kind of mm-hmm. where i'm at right now where i'm wow, i'm feeling yeah. like i'm feeling optimistic about the possibility of doing that like what we have like that's like three months away. I feel good about like the possibility of that happening, which is just weird because I haven't hosted stuff in so long. So there's like a whole new set of stresses to get used to. But at the same time too, like when Becca and I had an apartment together before we threw some great fucking parties and like, I like, I want to do my part and like the space is so cool. I want to share that with people and like, there's a part of me that's also just thinking like, fucking a, let's like, let's bring it back. Like, let's let's, uh, as as weird as it's going to be, let's get everybody back together again. Yeah. Um. Let's have a good fucking time. So um, there, there's no plans in place of that right now, but um, it's it's percolating a little bit. So yeah. it's exciting, but it's also just very weird and bizarre because I don't know like the level of social interaction I'm gonna be able to tolerate, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. That is all very like hopeful and exciting, though, and I I hope that does like work out in time for your birthday because that would be. I think enough of our friends perfect. are like on the up and up where I don't think that there are any like people who are um not so into the idea of getting vaxxed. Like yeah. I, I think from from the the vague purview of what I've seen amongst our group. I think everyone's trying like is jumping at the opportunity to, to get that done. So, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. I think the first thing that we both me and my girlfriend want to do when we are, when we get our second shot and we're two weeks past and like, you know, our, all the, the levels of good juice in our body have, have grown to a level that's appropriate. Um, and this is something we probably could have done before and been fine, but we just want to go to the fucking laundromat so bad. Oh, we don't have laundry in our building, in our unit. We've been washing our own clothes. Oh my God. Really? In a, in a bin in the bathtub for over a year. So I'm ready to be done with that very much. Y'all fucking, y'all fucking homesteading out here. Yeah, truly. I mean, not really, because we live in a city and everything else is delivered to us and it's been pretty fine. But laundry has been the one thing that's it's not even that bad. It's just I'm so fucking sick of it. No, that's I mean, it's I feel like that's equivalent to like um, if you've ever lived in a place that has a dishwasher and then you move into one that doesn't. You just be like, wow, yeah. I spend a lot of time cleaning my goddamn dishes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it gets to you. It, it's a, it, it eats a chunk yeah. of your week. It is. Yeah. It, it's part of it is that it's just a thing that you have to make fucking time for. And that sucks. Um, but also at this point, so many of my shirts, the collars are just they're V-necks now. Like the uh... it, everything has become so stretched out or like misshapen and weirdly like crunchy because you can't get all the soap out of part of it or whatever. Like all of our hand towels are just like feel like they've been starched when they first dry. So I, yeah, I, 
I I feel like I'm going to watch those like my big accumulated pile of clothes swirl around one of those machines and just cry <laughs> <laughs> and then go over to the laundromat guy and talk about golf on the TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we're not so different you and I. You could show him uh, you could show him Mario Golf on the Switch. <laughs> I could, yeah. Uh, maybe we'd become uh, good friends and I get free laundry. That'd be sick. <laughs> maybe. Probably not. He has a he has a business. To uh, run yeah, I doubt it. He's yeah, of, he's sure. got a he's got priorities, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. Because I want to wash my fucking clothes. Cool. Do you want to take a break real quick? Uh yeah, I could take a break. Cool. All right. Uh we will be right back. And we're back. I want to talk about something. I guess a little bit more somber and whoever, whoever else is, I mean, it's, it's a mixed, it's a mixed situation, but, um, yeah. And whoever's listening to this now, this will, this will be old news. Um, by, by the time that this gets published, but, um, there were a couple of, uh, big names that recently announced that they were leaving giant bomb. Um, which I want to say is not, is not a site that I've followed. Like, super 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 close like i i keep in touch every now and again like i'll have of times in which i dip in and out of like giant bomb content and i've always like generally enjoyed the kind of energy and personality in in their own like space in like like quote-unquote games journalism and games entertainment stuff Mm -hmm. um but but these were these were three big ones these were were three of uh i don't think all of them were technically founders but like they've been around long enough to shape the uh shape that site for for a while i mean uh right so it's a uh, uh, vinnie brad and alex who have all uh by this point left and mm-hmm. you know they've been all been there uh a decade plus um right so right it's um it's it's interesting it's uh it's it's definitely a new chapter for the site now without them uh and I, I mean, I, people people can you know they, they're 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 already uh, plenty of kind of retrospectives and you know best ofs and you know people have done their threads of like uh, best giant bomb moments and stuff. Uh, sure, but uh, for me personally, I think it's just got me like like the closest thing for me. I, I don't do you, do you, do you follow much giant bomb? Has that ever been like in your purview at all? Or I I don't know. It was always like kind of on the periphery for me, and I don't think I had even heard of giant bomb until just a few years back um even though like i i do pay attention to like the the game's space and like i'm a big fan of uh waypoint i think it's probably my main at this point and a lot of them came from giant bomb um but no yeah i i that was one that i like somehow completely missed out on so i wasn't i wasn't in that bubble i guess yeah they 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 kind of they um it's weird. Like they, they preoccupy this space where they've kind of been around in like, uh, I mean, they weren't, I don't think that they were the first ones necessarily to do like the kind of like personality based, like scrappy game site sort of thing, but they did it to their own tune. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I, I want to say this purely as like, like I'm speaking of them, like what they like did in the past. I'm not speaking about it in a way as like giant bomb is dead. Like they, there's right, a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of folks who are kind of like, making that hyperbole post and i I think what they actually mean is like like the version of giant bomb that they know is 
like you know is, is has gone on um and will not be will not be anymore um which, which is a fair thing to say because i do think that like based on what uh you know jeff gersman the the uh the founder like the og founder there has said is that like the you know they're they're rethinking what the site's going to be going forward pretty significantly right um, yeah that's that's pretty those are pretty clear words right um and, you know it, him him being the guy that kind of like founded the site originally i think that you know i i've i've got some faith in him that something's um the way that he put it is that regardless of whether or not it goes good or bad things aren't going to be boring like they're they're going to yeah. try some new stuff um i i heard from uh uh vinnie caravella who's uh you know again who's leaving he said that the uh you know, there was a recent acquisition um, in September, but he says that the it, it's going to be good for the site. Genuinely, like the, that, huh, their okay. their new uh, owners are giving some attention to the site and to problems that you know have have been long standing there. Um, so it's uh, you know it, it's painful for them to go, but uh, you know they'll they'll find something else to do. Like they've, they're. I don't think they're going to be leaving the game space necessarily. Um, it's just about waiting and seeing, you know, what their next thing is. Um, but more importantly, what uh, the next version of Giant Bomb is going to be. And this this kind of right. gets me thinking about um, in a more broader scope, like what is kind of like the next thing for like the games entertainment and games journalism space too. Right. Cause like, I have to imagine that they're thinking about what this all looks like post COVID we're working f- like where remote work is mm. a bigger thing. And so kind of right. like what, what, what they're doing around those kind of like logistical limitations, but also too, is just like an entertainment product too, where I feel like things have gotten so much more individualized with how much bigger Twitch has gotten over the last like year, two years, like couple of years for sure. Where, it's so much based around this for, I mean, it's always kind of been based around these personalities, but it's like Twitch makes it feel a little bit more siloed in a way. So like, I, uh, I don't know, like the, the the mind kind of wanders thinking about what the, uh, what the next step is there. Right. Cause I feel like, I feel like that sort of stuff has changed pretty significantly in the time that we've been paying attention to it, both you and I, just uh, from a from a fan's point of view, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, a lot of the sites that, I mean, there has also been like this undercurrent of what is the current state of journalism at large in this country is like being bought up by private equity very yeah. slowly, or or floundering and and failing to do anything like important or or of note um and that's been especially true in the games press um so i would hope that the next chapter of that is people getting paid (laughs) what they're owed right right honestly and another like adjacent thing to this too is kind of like the story of what happened to deadspin right where their their new owners um didn't fucking get it they didn't get it and they they just wanted to try and gut the thing and, you know, turn it into, um, you know, a big marketing, uh, I mean, a, like a big advertisement site basically, right. With yeah. all the changes that they made and, um, you know, the, the staff there rebelled their, one of their, uh, editors got fired and then the entire mm-hmm. staff walked out and now lo and behold, we've got a defector, which is a, a subscription based, uh, you know, uh, 
worker owned publication. Right. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, I mean that, that like that consolidation of journalism, like writ large is really devastated places and it's still happening too. Yeah. It, it, it feels like, and I'm sure this was, you know, an even longer time coming, but it, it, feels like it has i don't know how aware of this you were but like it feels like it's all kind of been spiraling since the gawker thing went down yeah i mean that's what prompted like that whole media entity that was gawker to kind of be you know ultimately put in the position that it is now weren't they were they owned by univision at one point i have no idea i I do not know the gawker lore that's yeah, that that just that's something that just rocketed back into my brain. And that's that is wild and weird if it if it is true. I, I for some reason I'm remembering that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's. That is also. Private equity is. A a whole thing in the US and it. I hate to talk about Formula One again, but Please. you you see it and, and even that, you know, is British, but it feels like any it's the thing of like sharks smelling blood in the water. And when you see it happen over and over again, you you kind of feel like, you know, you know what's coming to a degree, like maybe it works out, but um Okay, so Formula One, like the Williams team, they were uh, at one point, like in the 90s, winning championships. They've fallen on hard times. They're running at the back of the pack constantly. Um, They were a family-owned Formula One team, and the family had to sell to a private equity firm called Doralton Capital. Those are the owners of the team now. Um, And it's like, how... How long can I watch things I like get bought up by faceless nothings and had the life sucked out of them? Because the thing, and this is what happened with Deadspin, is the thing when it comes to journalism being bought up by private equity is a lot of the time these fat cats come in and like the journalism is tangential to the thing they want to get out of what they see as like any other company. Absolutely. Journalism is providing a public good. It's, it is, you know, it's, it's not like owning a supermarket. It's not goods in money out. It, there's a soul there and they, they just see it as something that they can try to squeeze more and more ad dollars out of and turn into a content mill. Right. Your, your bachelor's in, in finance or marketing isn't gonna, isn't gonna compute with, with that you know right um but yeah no i i I agree and it's um and i've gone through this weird thing where it's um i don't know if i'm getting old and not paying attention to the right online spaces or if it really does feel like games press is shrinking and shriveling like i don't i don't know it's yeah i don't know if it felt that way to me too yeah yeah but again yeah we could just like not be privy to right exactly like vibrant thing that's happening right right like i'm i'm the most offline now that i've been in like quite a few years and like i'm i'm much better for it like i don't i don't want to go back to 
what I what that was before for me because I don't need it and it doesn't do me any good. Um, yeah. You know, but at the same time, there is a you know I I don't know I don't know what I'm missing I don't know what's up and coming necessarily in this space in particular too where like Twitter sure. does feel like it is um that does feel like it's the home for games press journalism dev all that sort of stuff mm. um yeah certainly but yeah so so outside of the uh the more like i guess logistical like businessy side of like what this means for you know journalism writ all um it the the closest it, I, I was surprised at how um at how much the departure of those personalities like hit me in the gut in like a real core way too. like the closest description I can think of is like, you know, when a band that you've been following for years, like decides that like, they're going to throw in the towel. Like they, they don't have anything yeah. left. They're done. Like just for their band, like they've been doing it for a while and you know, um, respect to them. But you know, your, uh, like a, a part of your, your found family is like disbanding almost, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Either they, it, uh, disband or decide to sell an NFT. <laughs> Yeah, is that so? I'm sorry. Is that in reference to an actual? Is is a band doing that? Uh, yeah, a number of them. Yeah, um, I was specifically thinking of um, oh, what is their name? I there's there's one that I that isn't coming to me right now. But didn't the Gorillas also? Did do they? One? I think they did. Yeah. Great. If I'm the one to break that news to you, I'm very sorry. To, to that sucks i'm a giant a huge gorillas fan gorillas is like yeah. the, some of the first music i listened to like uh, you know as you like come online as a teenager and you go oh music exists and i can choose which one is the stuff i like like yeah gorillas was one of the first cds i had that first album is, i mean yeah well you know you can't take away the the memories of the the good music even if they are uh, right. doing some nft bullshit um yeah but, but I mean, um yeah so just like the the them them uh deciding to split has just made me kind of a uh, be a little bit self-reflective and I don't know if I've come to any like very big conclusions now but like I feel um I'm I'm getting a little bit older I'm uh just trying to figure out what I'm uh what I'm making and what I'm leaving behind and I know that sounds like kind of ludicrous to like speculate on as like a like soon to be 29 year old like I have a lot of years ahead of me but still right, I, sure. I feel like I haven't been very um um very pointed in in those questions and so it's it's just been a lot of uh a lot of good reflecting in what i what i want to leave and what i want to make because if if nothing else giant bomb uh as as people know it and regard it is a site um that was built from the ground up by like these i mean makers you know there there's a lot of stuff that they uh invested in and figured out how to do in terms of production in terms of uh like site formatting and uh like community development hosting and stuff like that too where they you know they they had one of their the earliest like wikis or whatever like up on there like uh like kind of a games resource wiki um for that as that site um and forums and all of these other things too um there's a lot of back end to sort out on on a lot of those things and also just the uh a lot of the productions and videos they made over time you know their their e3 contents some of the most well known and like well regarded for just being uh simultaneously like very well produced but also like so off the cuff and honest and yeah. just funny like right uh and so for for me 
going forward. Another thing I want to highlight too is that like just the the honesty of these personalities feels uh not like whole cloth unique in terms of like the entire game space, but like really one of a kind towards like what they were what they were doing. Like I I feel like no matter what um they were they were going through or how they were talking about stuff, they were always like dead honest about what the games were, what like moves that, you know, manufacturers or developers were, were making like in the future and like how they would like speculate on what they thought was happening. And, you know, you have all those years of experience with those like older dogs there to, uh, right. To gleam a little bit of wisdom from that. So, um, in, in it's, it's a, it's a weird contrast between like that sort of thing. And, um, I'm not, I'm not throwing like the baby out with the bathwater here when I'm saying this, but you know that folks kind of, you know, play it up on Twitch sometimes. Like that's just kind of a part of the deal that they're cutting with whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they're, they're marketing or however they're reacting to certain things. But you, yeah. you, you always knew that it was very, uh, just like genuine and true with, with that crew in particular, you know, they'd been through right. the ringer long enough to, uh, you kind of, you kind of hit a point in which it doesn't make any sense for you to not to, uh, voice your genuine, honest opinion or take on something. Right. And that's where all of those guys had gotten to. Um, and, uh, I just think that particular combination is going to be missed. And, uh, hopefully I think the, the, the takeaway is for, for everybody, uh, go out and make something that just feels honest and true to you. Cause that's, that's exactly what they did for all those years. And I, I think that's uh that's the legacy that they're going to leave behind is that they, they put it all on the cutting room floor there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like that is a, a, a poignant send off. Um, and I've felt this with, with a plethora of, of sites and publications in the past. Like it, it's kind of how it felt when the McElroys left Polygon mm. and Polygon kind of hasn't been the same since. Um, and like, I mean, a whole, a whole thing, a whole host of things has happened at Vox media writ large. And like those, those publications that I really looked up to in college for being like scrappy and, and really like personality driven and, and like, feeling like they they had that industry veteran um um like honesty behind them has you know started to erode away more and more as like people leave and like it it just kind of becomes a big media conglomerate uh which is not what it started out how it started out feeling um waypoint has has gone through a couple of different iterations um, don't they have their name back <laughs> didn't that I just recently happen I, th- I think they are waypoint again now yeah which is just so funny whatever. because like i like i like i i thought at some point like it's not that i read their stuff like super super often i'll check in every now and again but that's i always have known yeah. them as waypoint and so i would always type that in and always leave me to oh yeah vice games like they've had that name changed, right. but, but now uh the my my stubbornness has officially outlived the uh the period of time where it was vice games instead of waypoint yeah, and they've talked about that stuff pretty openly on the podcast, and they've been like, yeah, those those people have all since left who made all those decisions uh, higher up, and like, you know, it's very interesting to try to figure out what to make of all of the um, 
goings on that the Waypoint crew allude to and like all the shit that they've had to put up with working as a part of Vice is very interesting. Um, I'm it seems like they're in a they're in a fine place and like all the right people are are there and and taken care of. I mean, I'm just happy Austin is still on the pod. He's not the the EIC anymore, but he's, you know, he still hosts the pod. And I mean, shit, he did the smart thing. He fucking, he got out of that whole biz, dude. I mean, he's absolutely, he's, he's just doing friends at the table and writing some stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's good shit. He, he and Rob and Natalie and, um, uh, Allie from friends of the table started a podcast, uh, watching and talking about the clone wars it's i if i can just talk about that for a second that is i'm so happy that that exists that is extremely my shit i love those people and the way that they talk about media and the way that they each have like differing relationships to star wars and like star wars being a very core and foundational thing for me and i have my own like complex feelings about it um it is just like it's hitting me exactly where i need something to hit me so i like i'm very glad that those specific people got together to talk about this specific thing i'm enjoying it a whole lot i know that i know that feeling it's um it's like akin to when I found out that Defector was like going to be a thing where it's like, oh, oh they're yeah. all back. They're all back and they're doing, they're doing the thing I want them to do. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like things come and go, but there are also like more platforms than ever for people to go and do the thing that they want to see in the world and that you want to see out of them. So it's like giving people the time and the space to figure out when and where and how they can do those things and trying to seek those things out that feel i don't know the way that you want something like that to feel you know like and i feel like waypoint has been a really good um center point of a lot of smaller and more genuine feeling games games press things that i have found um in recent years like there's things like critical distance which is a really good way to find like singular people or smaller blogs that are writing about games in interesting ways um i know that doesn't feel the same way that like following something that is a big media apparatus and does cover like the whole like reviews and like has E3 coverage specifically like that feels a specific way and to have the right people doing that feels very good. Um, but at the same time, like if the stuff that feels good doesn't exist and smaller stuff does, then you got to try to find the smaller stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And like, even if they're shaped differently, the, the thing at the end of the day is like, is the honesty and the passion there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those are the big things. The thing I'm uh, thinking of off the top of my head now that you've got me thinking of is that like, maybe it's just that like every other good thing, the, the sea level people caught up with like games coverage and they bought it yeah. and try have been ruining it. <laughs> like maybe right. that that's probably an oversimplification, but like the money and the commodification always catches up with anything that people are passionate about. <laughs> and so 
maybe it's 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 just kind of hitting this uh this converging point in which uh the bigger ones that have been doing it for a while have gotten swept up in that and so now it's up to the smaller content creators to kind of like keep pushing that spirit forward um yeah or alternatively you know it, someone else comes up with uh whatever the next format or flavor for this is that uh that you know the money can't catch up with quite so right. acutely that feels like the infinite cycle it's like infinitely being chased by the money guzzling monster and like okay well i'll go over here and do this thing oh well now we bought that thing that you're doing okay well then i'll go it, it's like whack-a-mole yeah like also in this time like games got bigger and that became something like twitch got huge and and i don't know games games exploded and so it, it follows that the thing that covers games would service games are just well. such a bigger mainstay too than they ever yeah. have been like right and i think we all kind of like felt this coming inevitably um and again it's not that there aren't still first person things being made resident evil 8 is doing just good like great from what i hear yeah. um but it, there, there's still that portion of the space to cover, and that's just a. It, it's its own thing that uh, that you kind of have to format with, right? Because it's not just we put the game out, makes the money, maybe a couple updates here and there, some patches, some ports. It's an ongoing living beast that serves to nickel and dime people, right? Yeah. And the good ones obscure that really well, but it seems to be uh, there's just a lot of them. There's a lot of them, and that's that's a uh, it's just different. Yeah, yeah, it it, it yeah it, it it feels different now than it used to uh, back when like um because games used to be ads for other things to a degree and like we came from that to okay there was some money in that but they're still kind of like this is a joke like this isn't a real piece of entertainment um these are these are you know flashy toys yeah and so it feels like it has come all the way back around from there was a flashpoint where big names with big money got to do interesting things that were one-offs and i don't want to say all of that has has stopped like i'm i'm not here to doom the the games industry to the grave no like, it's just the phase that it's in right and there's always still yeah. these smaller indie creators that are like really pushing the medium forward you know big right. game companies are not really doing that too much overall and that's right. just been the that's over the overall trend of things but like it just it, it feels like a a particular glut of those types of things hitting right now. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's we uh, maybe we need some some trust busting again. Well, you know they say you can you can never you can never go home again. That's uh it's kind of what's that's been, true. It's what's been resonating in my head for the last two weeks. Um, but you can always build yeah. your home. And you can always find more family. So there's that. Yeah. There's that. Mm-hmm.